Turn again to Matthew chapter 6. We're looking today at the words of verse 11. This is the fourth petition. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 11. Give us this day our daily bread. Here we commence the second section in the Lord's Prayer. The first three petitions, you will recall, all have to do with the Lord's glory, his kingdom and his will. And there's nothing, brethren and sisters, that will ever trump the glory of God. Your needs and my needs do not trump the glory of God. But here we come to the second part. And it's not until we get to the second part that we start praying for ourselves. Give us this day our daily bread. And of course the needs which are personal, they're wide. And they cover all the temporal needs. They cover all the material needs. They cover all of the spiritual needs of the lives of every individual in this gathering. Your daily bread is more than just the loaf on the table. Your daily bread relates to everything that pertains to your needs at this individual time. I think it's very significant that out of the six petitions, there's only one really that touches the physical need directly, and that is this fourth petition, give us this day our daily bread. And I think that shows us where our priorities ought to be in the place of prayer. We should strive first and foremost in the place of prayer to promote the manifestation of God's glory and the advancement of his kingdom and to do his will. Before we seek those needs that are dear and close to our own heart, let's seek what's dear and close to his heart, the kingdom of God. Now all those other things come afterwards, but I think even here in prayer we're given counsel as to how we ought to pray and to seek the face of God. There, there are many People and we've heard them over the years, they, they rush into a prayer meeting, they have a long shopping list, as we say, the length of your arm, for God to listen to their pleas, and then they just leave again. But we come into the presence of God, and we're there to hallow his name, to glorify his name, to seek his kingdom, and to submit our will to his divine will. So there's balance. There's balance here as we come to the place of prayer. And even in these last three petitions, there's further balance to be learned. Because the Lord would teach us that his glory, his kingdom, his will comes before all of our needs. The bread that is spoken of is material. There are many people who have tried to uh, interpret this and make it mystical. But there's nothing mystical about this bread. It is material. And it's a, a petition which concerns all of our temporal needs. The great Matthew Henry points out that the reason this request heads the second petition is that our natural, our natural well-being is necessary for our spiritual well-being in this world. And I'm going to say a little bit more about that later on in the meeting. But there are many people and they try to divorce the natural from the spiritual. And they think that they can, as it were, sit up all night and pray and then uh, live life normally the next day. We're not made like that. That's not how the, uh, God designed us and that's not how God made us. So if naturally we're not doing well, spiritually we're not going to be doing well. 
And so we've got to look after the material as well as the spiritual. The two things have to go together. And God grants us the physical things in this life so that we might be better disposed to discharge all the spiritual things. As evangelical Christians, I don't think we get that. So I'm going to repeat it. God gives to us all of the natural things, the material things, the bread, that's all-inclusive word, the bread, so that we might be better disposed to discharge all of our spiritual duties. And if you're not looking after the one, you'll certainly not prosper in the other. Just remember that place. So our daily bread then refers to all the temporal needs that the Hebrews of old used the term in, in a generic way, in an all-rounded way. So it was meant to signify all of the necessities of life. Whatever is a necessity for you today, it's written into this word here. Give us this day our daily bread. It includes the bread, it includes the clothing, it includes the housing, it includes the employment, it includes the health. Whatever is a necessity, whatever is a need in your life today, it's all written in to Matthew chapter 6 and verse 11. So let's take a little moment and look again at the bread for which Christ taught us to seek his face for. Let's examine why we need, first of all, to pray for this bread. And we pray for it daily. Daily. Give us this day our daily bread. Remember the Israelites of old, God taught them this in the wilderness. Daily, they had to go out and seek the manna that God provided for them. And here we just have the New Testament counterpart of it. The Lord Jesus opening up his public ministry connected away back there with the, the exodus of the children of Israel from Egypt. The daily bread, the manna, that which sustained them in the wilderness. God would have us to seek his face for it. So in dealing with all of those prayer requests that concern the glory of God, I, I think what struck me was that just the, the vast sweeps of eternity that were included in that. Hallowed be thy name. The name that was from eternity to eternity. Your name and my name will be forgotten very, very quickly. Very quickly. I love history. And I love reading over the great historical characters. And sometimes you'll ask some of the young people, did you ever come across such and such a one? Now who's he? And I always thought he was just the historical icon. But you talk to some of the young people, oh, I'd never tell of him. Because he's been forgotten about. And our names will be quickly forgotten about. But the name of the Lord endureth forever. Not an amazing thing. Your name and my name is just from day to day. One generation to another generation and it's all away. Sometimes I go up and what I call, I go back to visit home. So home for me is the other side of the mountain. In Rhinana Clone, La Brickland Bond Bridge. And I go back there and there's homes that I knew. And family names that I knew when I was a boy. They're no longer there and they're forgotten about. Just in a few short years, they're all away. But the name of the Lord endureth forever. Those great swathes of time, they're all encompassed 
in those opening petitions in the Lord's Prayer. There's no limitations upon God. From eternity to eternity, everlasting to everlasting. What an amazing truth is all encapsulated in those thoughts. But your needs and my needs, they're written in on a daily script. Give us this day our daily bread. We're just children of the day. Not a sobering reality for all of our hearts and lives. We're just children of the day. There are some people, there are some Christians, and they live their lives as if they're going to be here forever. But you're only here for today. In fact, you're only here for the moment. In Psalm 90, that great psalm of Moses, we read Psalm 90, verse 4, For a thousand years in thy sight are but as yesterday, when it is past, and as a watch in the night. A thousand years as a watch in the night, some four hours. That's what a watch in the night was. Thou carriest them away as with a flood. They're just swept away a thousand years. They are as asleep. Just like a sleepover. A thousand years. Sobering truth. They are like grass which groweth up. In the morning it flourisheth and groweth up. In the evening it is cut down and withereth. That's what your life and my life is like. What, what sobering truths should be impressed upon the discerning mind today. With no guarantees we're only promised today. Even the longest life, it's just, it's just but a brief span in comparison to eternity. How few and frail our days are in this scene of time that we live in. We can plan, you can plan for years to come. But you've only got today. You've only got the moment. And daily, Christ teaches us Pray for your daily needs. Pray for your needs today. Daily we need to pray. Because the day could be our last day. We, we don't like to think about those things. This could be your last day. Your last day to get right with God. Your last day to put right things that are wrong in your life. You're last dead to put your life right with God. There's a lot of daily bread we could read into all of these things. Here we have God's daily donation of mercy toward us. Give us this day our daily bread. Daily he gives. To me that's a wonderful thought. It's a staggering thought in reality. You and I give occasionally. We, we have our tithes, we have our offerings, we give. But then we forget about it to the next week or the next month. Maybe there's a charitable thing. We, we, we give just occasionally to it. Maybe there's, a, there's an emergency need that arises. We give occasionally to it. But God gives daily, daily, out of his bounty. And he's never the poorer for his given. We read, every good gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights, everything that you and I have, James 1.17, God gave it to us. 
daily. He gives it to us. It was Luther who used that great phrase. It always challenges my heart. We are born beggars and we die beggars. We're just beggars needing help every day. And God gives every day as we cry to him. He gives to us every day. And we have to pray about it. I was greatly struck by a little phrase I found in Thomas Watson's work. The tree of mercy will not drop its fruit unless shaken by the hand of prayer. Have you, my dear brother and sister, have you today taken hold, have you taken hold upon the mercy of God and sought God for his mercy? Because the tree of mercy does not drop its fruit until it's shaken by the hand of prayer. And until the church of Jesus Christ wakens up to that truth, we'll never have the mercy that we long to have. We, we say we long for revival, but if we long for revival. You better be in the prayer meeting shaking the tree of mercy for revival. If there's a need in your life, you better be shaking the tree of mercy for it. If there's a need in your life, you better be shaking the tree of mercy for it because that's the only way it will drop its fruit. Give us this day our daily bread. Oh, how generous is God toward us. He delights in giving. Some of us, we give, but we begrudge in our giving. Uh, and we think, what is the use in that? And oh, sometimes people feel pressurized into giving and all of those things. But Micah chapter 7, verse 18, reminds us that God delights in mercy. He just delights in it. It's his delight to give to his people. The good gifts that you have received from the hand of God, God cheerfully, willingly, in a delightful manner, has given them to you. And you can eat your, your dinner today, you can eat your meal today, knowing that God delighted to put that meal on the table for you. That home you have, God delighted to give you that home. That job you have, God delighted to give it to you. He delights to give. That's the God whose we are and whom we serve. And yet the contrast with God's generosity and the ingratitude of man, it couldn't be starker. Here we have a God who delights to give daily every need, every need to mankind. And God in common grace, he ministers to the needs of the multitudes. And yet man in his greed and his selfishness, he, he, he withholds God's bounty from others. I do not believe there's a shortage of food in this world. But I believe there's a shortage when it comes to the generosity of man one toward another. That's where the problem lies. In nations hoarding up. And the nations looking after themselves. And other nations going in poverty. The inequality. The selfishness of the world in which we live in. That's the reality of it men and women. It's been often said the ungodly bite the hand that feeds them. He feeds them. And they fight against him. Maybe that's you today. 
He has looked after you all of these years. He has provided for you all of these years. Every day God's hand of mercy has been open to you. Every day he's provided for you. But you're still fighting against him. You're still rejecting him. You're still turning away from him. Every day he shows you mercy and grace and you reject it. Today he calls you to show your gratitude for the mercies that he's bestowed upon you. How do you do that? Well, you do it by just giving him your heart and your life. He has given you everything. You give to him everything. You give to him your heart and your life. Your very Whatever years are left for, for you on the side of God's eternity, just put them all into his hands. Whatever days you have, give them over to the Lord. Uh, I love that little hymn. I was looking it up. This morning, day by day, and with each passing moment, strength I find to meet my trials here. Trusting in my Father's wise bestowment, I've no cause for worry or for fear. He whose heart is kind beyond all measure gives unto us each day what he deems best. Lovingly, it's part of pain and pleasure, mingling toil with peace and rest day by day bread for every opportunity let's think secondly about the size of the loaf that we need many of the time I was sent to the shop for a loaf and my mother would have said to me get the big one or that she would put a special size on it and many time I come back with the wrong size but God knows the size of the need that you have today. It might be a temporal need, he knows it. It might be a financial need, he knows it. It might be a health need, he knows it. It's all covered by this term. We hear much today about the economic squeeze and we're going to feel it. We are feeling it and and we will feel it more and more, I think, uh, as we go into the autumn and winter months. Undoubtedly so. And yet God invites us to bring those needs before him. And he says tell me about them. Ask me for them. And I'll give them to you. I'll give you the necessities. What a blessing that's to know. In the fourth petition. In the shorter catechism. Question 104 it says. Give us this day our daily bread. We pray that of God's free gift. We may receive a competent portion of the good things of this life and enjoy his blessing with them. A competent portion, that lovely phrase. Just what's suited for the need. Just what you and I need. He gives us a competent portion of the good things of this life. There's no need too big that he can't supply. How we praise his name for that today. And there's no need too small that he's disinterested in. How we praise him for that today. Tomorrow is already taken care of by the Lord. Don't be worrying, don't be fretting about what's going to happen tomorrow. Jesus says, I'm already already there. I've already looked after it for you. We read those lovely words. And at the end of, of Matthew chapter 6, we'll come to them by and by. But Jesus said, what shall we say? Verse 31, verse 31, what shall we say? <clears throat> or what shall we 
drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father knoweth that you have need of all these things. Jesus knows what you need. He knows what you need. He knows about that bill. He knows about that financial issue. He knows about that employment issue. He knows about it. And he says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things. All the things that you need, they'll be added unto you. Take therefore no thought for the morrow. For the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. That does not mean that you don't plan for tomorrow. But it does mean that you don't be over anxious about tomorrow. Thirdly. I say a little bit to you. About what's so special. About the, the believer's bread. In comparison to others. You know what, what makes it special. The ungodly eat bread. They have supplies. As, as you and I have supplies. But there's a wide difference. And theologians have pointed this out in years gone by. There's a wide difference as to the manner in which the godly and the wicked hold their comforts. The wicked have what is known by common grace, uh, a common right. But the godly have a covenant right. And there's a huge difference. We are his children. You and I, we are as children. Turn with me to Psalm 37. Psalm 37. Look at those words. Please, of verse 25. I have been young and now I'm old, yet have I not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. The bread again. Does he not know today what you need? Does he not know today what you need? Of course he does. He'll not forsake you. You'll not be on the street begging. If you go to him, you'll get the bread that is your need. There's a difference because we are his children. Will we go to our heavenly father and ask him bread and will he give us a stone? The Bible says no. He can't turn us away. What God gives to us, make sure you thank him for it. It's good to teach your children, young parents. It's good to teach your children to give thanks for their food. We always made it a rule in our family when we, when we sat down officially as a family. I'm not saying every time, but when we sat down officially as a family for our main meal, we always stopped to pray and to thank God for it. He gave it. He put it on the table. It's good to be thankful. 
and to be content with what God has provided for you. Let's just conclude by thinking for a moment how we can best use what God has given to us. This daily bread, this daily provision that God has given to us. <clears throat> We're taught by this petition that God gives us all of this blessing to do what? Well, so that we might look after our own physical needs in a sensible manner. We're not to pamper our bodies. There, there are many Christians, and I do think they pamper themselves, and they pamper their bodies, and, and they, they cozy themselves round with cotton wool. And God never meant us to be like that. We're not, we're not chocolate soldiers. We're actual soldiers. But we're not to neglect our bodies either. The greatest fighting armies in the world make sure that their soldiers are well fed and looked after. The world puts an emphasis on how you look. And appearance is more important than substance. But that does not mean, brethren and sisters, that the appearance of the body and how it works is unimportant for the Christian. And I have heard it often said over the years by those in full-time work, it's better to burn out than rust up. But God doesn't want you to do either. God doesn't want you to do either. It's, it's foolish to talk in such a manner. Our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit. If we really believe that our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit, <clears throat> it behoves us as best we can, and however failingly and falteringly we do it, it's best that we look after those bodies. When I was... Over in Kenya, I took with me Professor David Murray's book, and it's, it's entitled Reset. It's the story, really, of a very busy pastor lecturer in America, and he's going full throttle, and everything's going really busy, and he's busy with seminars, writing books, and preaching and teaching, and he's visiting all over the states, and his invitations here, there, and yonder, and then suddenly he finds himself in A&E with clots in his lung. Why? He wasn't looking after his body. That's his own testimony. And he had to reset it. And I, I was saying to some others, there's a whole chapter in that book on what? On sleeping. <coughs> on sleeping. Sleep deprivation is one of the greatest causes of ill health known to mankind. Sleep deprivation. Not getting enough sleep. My mother used to love Psalm 3 and often read it with her. And it talks there about God giving his beloved sleep. It's a gift. It's part of the daily donation of God toward us. It's a gift. And you'll never be healthy if you don't get adequate sleep. I don't know what adequate sleep is for you, but on average, they say an ad adequate sleep for an adult is at least seven to eight hours. Seven to eight hours every night. And for children, children should be taught to bed and go to sleep. They should be taught to bed and go to sleep. 
Young boys and girls, you need to sleep. And young people, you need to sleep. To grow up healthy and to maintain a healthy body, you need to sleep. And us older people, we need our sleep. This is part of the daily donation. We need the blessing of God upon what he gives us. Without God's blessing, everything is in vain. It's the blessing of the Lord. Proverbs 10 and 22 tells us, it maketh rich. The blessing of the Lord that maketh rich. God can take a humble meal. And with his blessing, he can make it into an absolute feast. But without his blessing, it just remains a humble meal. It's the blessing of the Lord that maketh rich. And God blesses what he gives us. And the blessing of God can make the most humble home a palace, the most simple meal a veritable feast. I think of Daniel chapter 1. And in chapter 1, for 10 days, they just ate pulse and water instead of feasting on all of the dainties of the king's table. And after 10 days, Daniel was fairer and fatter than those who did eat at the king's table. What made the difference? Well, with that bread that God gave him, he had the Lord's blessing. It's better to have God's blessing with little than to sit at the devil's table and have plenty. I love this little phrase. It's challenged my heart in so many different ways. Whatever your need is today, you're invited just, just to bring it to the Lord in prayer. He, he asked you, bring it to me in prayer. This is a prayer. Remember, this is a prayer. After this manner, pray ye. You're to pray it every day. Bring it to God in prayer, your need today. And just tell him, give us this day our daily bread. And he can't withhold it from you. You're his children. He's your father. He's pledged and covenant to minister to you. We're going to 